0: guys welcome to another episode of get up 10 podcast i'm super super excited i don't think i've had this much much anticipation for an episode because <laughs> the way that this episode has been a struggle but here we are i'm here with army vet father grandfather and soon to be published author founder and creator of our war we are resilient kevin nevek Welcome to Get Up Time Podcast.
1: Hey man, listen, when you get somewhere after you've been on a struggle bus for 2 weeks almost trying to get to that one destination, when you finally get there, you can just let your hair down and just be like, ah, yeah. look what God did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. <laughs> uh we had we had our issues getting this thing, but listen man, I'm just I'm grateful uh because I know the conversation that we are going to have is going to be impactful. It's going to be loaded with full of value and and it's going to it's going to touch someone's life uh, in a way that God saw fit for that to happen. So uh, thank you so much for inviting me uh, and allowing me to be on your platform. Uh, It is absolutely an honor.
0: Of course. So without further ado, I'm like, let's get into this thing. Let's get into it. So I always share with my guests, I created my I created Get Up 10, um, my podcast, my platform to Mm -hmm. encourage somebody to get back up from every blow and punch that life throws at them just to know that you can get back up and there's nothing that you're going through that somebody else has not already been through and overcame and that's why I love to share my platform because my story can only go but so far but I bet your story is able to reach other people that I can't and so that is the magic of collaboration and why I'm so excited Mm -hmm. to get your story today and also on top of resilience because we are resilient that word that's like one of my values right there that i live my life by but on top of resilience one of my other key values is authenticity and just showing up as yourself so i'm excited to get into this conversation around that so i always start off by asking my guests how has life knocked you down
1: wow um i didn't get this just overnight Right. This, I, 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 and, and shout out, shout, shout out to me real quick. Let me, let me shout out to me real quick because I turn a half a century next Thursday, the 21st of September. So happy birthday to me for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Listen, I got 18,262 and a half days in the books. Right. And life has happened. For me, and it's not happened to me. And there have been a lot of things that I have traversed. There's been a lot of dark valleys. Um, there's been a lot of letdowns, setbacks, there's been a lot of heartache, a lot of hemorrhaging. Um, there's been some laughs. There's been a there's been a plethora of things that has happened to me, happened f- that I that I thought happened to me that actually happened for me. And I have I have understood uh through the years that if you if you just get back up and take another step that whenever you fail or whenever you feel like life has failed you or whenever you feel like something's going something has has gone wrong that didn't end up the way that you wanted to if you if you are not emotional about whatever the event is and you realize that you have another opportunity, because if you wake up in the morning, God has allowed you to wake up. And I'm going to say God has allowed you to wake up because you didn't regulate your blood pressure. You didn't regulate your organs. You didn't slow your breathing down. You didn't keep your the, the electricity in your brain going. You didn't keep the you didn't do it. You had nothing to do with that. So if the creator allowed you to take in another breath and expand your chest cavity and keep your heart beating, that means that he still has work for you to do. And it's not over. I did not realize that ginger for a long time. I walked around here like, yo God, why are you doing me like this? Why are you doing me dirty? Why I got to keep living? Why you keep waking me up and did not realize how foolish I was by what I was saying. And if God really was, you know, I, I hear people that say, well, God can't be a good God. You look at the Old Testament. God was killing people and babies and blah, blah, blah. And if he took us at our word every time, Ginger, we woke up and said, God, I'm just ready to die. Just take me now. I'm done. You don't understand how much grace you've been given. And I didn't realize that. So all the stuff that happened to me, I lived my life as, as um, you ever watch that movie, uh, Groundhog Day? I've my life was city literally, city man, my life was literally Groundhog's Day literally means you're repeating the same thing over and over. You got this. You ever watch some cartoons where you, you watch your baby watching cartoons and you got the tree, you got the hill and then that one tree, the hill and then that one tree. My life was like that. I was yeah. passing the same two hills and the one tree every day because I did not realize that there were lessons in the things that were happening to me. And I was taking it and blaming God for things. When in all actuality, it was the decisions that I was making. So there, there, I, I really don't know exactly where to start to tell you what, what has, you know, where did life let me down or what lessons did I, I, there are so many, but the one thing that I did learn is that what I think every single day affects my personality. What I say affects my personality. And those things that affect my personality create my personal reality. And this is the thing that I see every single day. And I had to learn to stop saying, Kevin, you, you just, you're a loser. Kevin, you just, you are so stupid. Kevin, you just, it's never going to change. Kevin, you are going to always be in this hole. Kevin, you, are, you, know, you don't trust, you ever, you don't trust people. I was that guy. And. God brought me out of that ugly and let me realize, like, yo, I got you here for a reason. I need you to wake up, open your eyes, and I need you to see where I brought you from. You still here because you got work to do. And that that idea to change what I say to myself, my self-talk, has really um, turned things around for me.
0: Yeah, the way, I love the quote that says, the most important conversation that you have is with yourself.
1: With yourself. Right? Because exactly.
0: who, who do you talk to more than yourself?
1: <laughs> every, and you in your head every day. Like exactly. like literally for anybody that's watching this, do this right now. Don't say nothing. Right, Ginger? Don't say anything. Keep your mouth Like I want you to say this, but I don't want you to say this out loud. Like sit there, keep your mouth closed. Don't audibly say this, but just say, I love you. Right now, say it. One, two, three, say it. It's loud and it's in your head, right? Yeah. What voice is that? where did that voice come from? That's you talking to you, right? (laughs) And you're right. We talk to ourselves every day. We have the most conversation with us every day. Yeah. What are you saying to yourself every single day? Exactly. That's something that you need to think about.
0: So I want to get more into your story because I love all that, but I know that it didn't start like that. So Mm -mm. I don't know where you want to start. I feel like you know, just let Holy Spirit lead you on what you want to share. But I don't know if you want to talk about like what life was like growing up or what made you. Yeah. So,
1: so I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a brat, right? Um, these are these are military. I'm a military brat. Uh, I was born in Georgia. Go my dogs! Oh, I love the Georgia Bulldogs. That's my squad. Uh, and I was raised in Germany for a vast majority of my childhood, and that taught me a lot about uh, we all, we all are, we all are human. Um, we all are not the same. I don't, I mean, I get it. I, it sounds, it's cute to say, you know, we're all one race. And I mean, that's cute, but um, we're, we're different creatures. Black folk are different. We're not the same as our counterparts. We're not the same as Hispanics. We're not this. I mean, we are not, Me living in Germany taught me to not judge people based off of what they look like. My parents were amazing at that. My mother was a, a newspaper editor when she was in high school for her uh for her town newspaper in Fort White, Florida. She was exceptionally smart. She read all the time, very well articulated. She was she is a poet. Matter of fact, I have my mother's book on my shelf right now. Wow. She taught us the value of of valuing um, the character of people, and not so much their talent. If somebody has has a ton of talent, but they ain't, they they don't they got the morals of a lab rat, that's not somebody you want to be hanging out with. That's not somebody you want to be taking advice from. That's not somebody you want to value. You don't want to beatify them, and you don't want to you don't want to shape shift yourself, so to speak your character Mm -hmm. behind that. She taught me that. I did not learn this lesson hardcore until I went to this thing that's called a Kris Kringle Market. Now this was during the holidays. And I think I was in the, I was in the fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade, right? And we go to this market and they was blowing glass, got ginger house cookies. And it was this amazing cultural event that the Germans typically have during the Christmas season. The smells were vibrant. You can you can you can smell cinnamon and nutmeg in the air, and it was a nice chill, and it's probably snowing the ground. And it was a little overcast, and they got bright lights everywhere, and they got they called it Kris Kringle, and they got their own version of Santa Claus, and um, they got these like a hundred different tents in this little in this one confined area, and you can go in there. I got my mom a a beer mug, it's a little miniature beer mug, blown glass, blah blah blah. You get it. Well, my class left, and I did not know that they had went to another part of that park area. And I was getting some glass blown for my dad to have his name and my mom's name scribed on the glass. And I turned around thinking that my group leader was behind me, and there was a black lady standing there. And I was like, oh. And I'm like, hey, I'm lost. And I tugged on her shirt. And she turned around and looked at me with like this... <gasps> And she said, was is los? And in Germany, that means what's going on? What is this, right? And I'm sitting here looking at her, and I am in shock. My whole life changed at that point. And I was like, yo, she darker than me, Black. And she don't understand English. She speaks all German. Oh, man, you want to talk about cultural shock? I was like in complete shock. That changed my entire life at that moment. And I knew that what my mother would have been teaching me this whole time, every time we, so this was like our second time coming back, that you cannot judge people based off of what they look like. Now that might seem like something that somebody might be like, yeah, well, I I guess, whatever. But that really played a role in my, in my life to, to not be on this um, color thing. Um, Living over there really changed me. I didn't see uh, I didn't see homeless people. I didn't see garbage on the street. I didn't see graffiti when we lived there I saw none of that until I came back to the United States I don't know if you gotta you gotta uh bleep you can you bleep out words on your thing when you edit I might have to figure that out <laughs> I wasn't called I wasn't called Let's. i'm I ain't gonna put you in that position I wasn't called a ninja till I came back to the u s and that that was when I, I hit the ninth grade. I was, I never heard that word before, never until I was in the ninth grade. So some might say, you know, you lived a isolated life. Um, I don't know. I was raised by an officer in the military. My mother was so loving, my dad was too. But that really gave me some foundation uh, that would help me that I did not realize that would help me uh, later in my life as I got older graduated high school and joined the military myself
0: yeah so was your decision to join the military based off of your upbringing or like did you know that's what you were gonna do
1: nah and the reason why I didn't know that's what I was gonna do is because I was goofing off in high school I was I was a class I talked all the time I got I almost got suspended from school because I wouldn't stop talking so much i would be in the class. teacher trying to talk, trying to teach. I'm up there yapping, 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 and I wouldn't shut up. Every anytime I got in trouble in school, because I was always talking. I wanted. I was. A, I have always been a a social butterfly. I gave my first uh, speaking engagement, if you will, when um, this is probably before you before you was in born or in high school uh, in 1991 in front of 2,500 people. When Magic Johnson came out and said that he had HIV, he was HIV positive. The school was in her uproar. Like back then, that was like, "Oh my God!" Now we'd be like, "Okay, so what? They got yeah. medication for that. Let's keep it moving." Right back then, that was a culture shock, and he was a he was a vibrant role in the in in the black community. We had the, like our heroes to look up to him, Magic, whatever. And I got that was the first time that I could get up in the school and and speak, and I, I that's all I did. So throughout high school, I goofed off. I had my dad had to come to the school one time. I didn't even realize my teacher had called him just so that they could see. And I'm sitting in the classroom. My pops, 6'3", standing in the back of the classroom in his military uniform. I didn't even know he was there. He had already met my teacher before class. I was in the class before downstairs in another annex. I had to walk to her class. She had already talked to him. I didn't even know he was there. Now, our school was 45 minutes from where I lived. I lived in a little town called Vojms, Germany, and I went to Mannheim, which was a, was 45 minutes away. So I go into class. I didn't even see him there. He wasn't there. I walked in, sat down. Class started. I'm standing up. I, I'm sitting in my seat with my feet in the seat. She was like, Kevin, can you, you know, put your sit down? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I sat down. I will never forget this. She was teaching her history lesson or whatever. And I started talking, me and my boy, I'm throwing little like um, um, little spitball joints in the straws. I'm, I'm hitting him, I'm acting up, I'm talking, I'm trying to make jokes cracking up, blah, blah, blah. And she turned to me and she said, Kevin, I need you to stop talking. You're disrupting my class. And I was like, all right, Miss Rademacher, I'll stop talking so stop disrupting your class. You ever feel that feeling when somebody's standing behind you and you feel like the energy around you change? Yep. I sat down and my dude looked at me and he was like, and I felt it and I jerked like that, yo. The my my shenanana. If I ha- I could feel, I can literally could feel my guardian angel was like, hey bro, I'm gonna get at you later. We out. <laughs> like, my dad was like, I need you to stand up now in front of everybody. He grabbed me and literally dragged me out of that classroom and had Ms. Rademacher come back. They was outside. And when I tell you my father embarrassed the bejesus out of me, I think that was the last time that I acted like that in school. And I was in the ninth grade. I didn't have anywhere to go after school when I graduated. I graduated. I had a three, three 3.1 or something. I graduated. I got my stuff together, but I had no future. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just, think, I just thought, I'm just going to do what my daddy did, not knowing I did not have the same discipline level that he had. He was an officer in the White House. He made it that high. He was a CW4. I didn't have that type of discipline didn't realize I was about to step into something and I had no idea what I was what I was getting into. No clue.
0: I'm still trying to figure out where does the the switch get flipped or even like when you were in that place of like guy, why are you waking me up again? Cause I've been there. Um yeah. what was going on? And I don't know oh, if that's happened yeah, multiple you, times you, or you remember yeah, like that, one time where it's happening heavy.
1: That had so, so you jump in, you, you, you jump into my adult life. Okay. When I was a child, I, 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 when I was a child, Ginger, I dealt with, with, I dealt with, with things that I did not understand. I saw things as a child that I, an instant, an incident happened when I was in the 10th grade. Um, we were back in the United States, we were living at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And, me and my me and my friends sometimes we dabble with Ouija boards and and that type of stuff. I was in church heavy. I was raised in church. One night I remember being at home and you know I talked to God a couple times like yo I, man I I don't even know if I want to do the church thing no more. I told my mom one time disappointed. I said man we go to church we stay there all day. I think I'd rather just go to hell if it takes me to stay at church all day. Like she and when I was in tenth grade I was a I was a I was a knucklehead. One night, I'm laying in my room, and my room was on the back side of our of our apartment. And I laid down, and I saw what I I was laying on my side, and I thought my mom came in to change. You know, she gives us towels, puts us in our room, things like that. I thought my mom had walked in because I saw somebody standing at the end of my bed, and it wasn't my mom. Would look like a six ten figure with extremely broad shoulders, this dark figure standing at the foot of my bed. And I tried to move, but I just kept staring. And it rocked backwards toward the wall. It came forward. It rocked back toward the wall and it fell on me. And when it fell on me, I lost my breath. I rolled out of the bed and I was like, I was choking. And I hit on the floor, I was banging on the floor And all the next thing you know, my dad comes charging into the room. He opened the door, he's like, Kevin, what's wrong with you, blah, blah, blah. And he was, and he's, I was like drooling. And he was like, he called my mom, Trish, come here, call her. They called the paramedics. Now, this is the part that really freaked me out. When the paramedics came there, my dad and two other grown military medical personnel tried to carry me down the stairs. I was in the 10th grade. I was, a uh, I was sticks and bones. And I remember the man saying, Oh my God, how much does this kid weigh? I could barely carry him. And my dad was like, yeah, what's going on? And they, dro- they literally almost dropped me going down the stairs. That was a, that was a small shift to know that, yo, God is real. And if you want to take yourself out of his grace and you want to go on your own path, you're, you're, you are literally walking and living your life outside of his grace, his mercy, and his provisions. The dark side is real. If you want to play with that, you go right ahead and play with that. That was the first shift. The second shift happened when I was like wanting to, to really like, yo, God, I, I don't understand why you keep having me uh, live through This is when I came home from work and I caught my, what I thought was the love of my life, the mother of my children. When I caught her, In my house, sleeping with a co worker. That's when all hell broke loose in my life. That was probably the lowest um, valley that I've ever been in. That was the worst.
0: I can't even imagine. Those are two, both of those pivotal moments are very heavy, to say the least. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I, and I, and I can tell you, I can tell you this, being in this community has really helped me uh, realize that if you have gone through trauma and it doesn't have to just be infidelity or your spouse cheating on your, or your husband, whatever, whatever your thing is, not only do you, not only do you have to go back into that shadow realm and deal with that dragon that's hoarding the gold of your life because you're emotionally attached to that event, so your memories come from your memories and you can, you, you can recall things in your life faster when you have an emotion that is attached to an event. Yeah. And if that trauma was hard enough, if that trauma was harsh enough, if that trauma was big enough, if the event was, was, was magnetized by your, by you being involved in, involved in it, that emotion and that event is embossed in your memory. And so you can recall it every day like this. Because mm-hmm. now you start wiring and firing new neuron, neurological synapses in your brain and then you, you just keep living this event over and over. You ever had something happen to you where you think about it and if you think about it long enough, you can feel like it literally just happened and that could have been 10, 15 years ago. That's because it is embossed in your frontal lobe and you have you have created that neurological synapse and you just keep wiring and firing that every day. That's what I was doing. But getting into this community, Ginger, has taught, has taught me how to actually deal with that, how to actually deal with the shadow work. I had an embarrassing moment one time uh, with Jeremy Anderson. And I don't know if you've ever been on any of his Sunday, uh, you know, six-figure speaker challenges, but I was on i was on one of his events. It was free. And this was like two years ago. And he asked people, you know, was asking questions and he came to me and he asked me a question. He had some questions come up. You put your hand up or whatever, and he and he called on me. Now there was probably two hundred people in this room. This is the most embarrassing thing ever happened to me. When I started talking, I told him how I wanted to be a speaker. And this, that, and the third, and that event came up. And I can tell you right now, I started slinging snot, boohoo, crying, like going ballistic. And there was a woman in that chat that said, "Brother, you're not ready to speak. You're not ready." Because you haven't healed from that, and I didn't realize, and I thought I did, and I didn't realize that I just buried it. I suppressed that feeling. I didn't metabolize that pain and figure out what what did you learn from that? What can you great? What can you gather from that to teach and give to someone else? And it that event is that event is probably the lowest in my life, and that helped me change. Being in this community with you all, that really helped me change my perspective on life. It helped me change my perspective on pain, and it helped me understand the power of metabolizing pain and looking at it from a different lens of what God brought you through so that you could heal. Because once you heal, once you heal, you become an anomaly to a broken world. Once you heal, you become the most qualified individual to reach back and service the person that you used to be. We are so good at getting up. We are so good at dusting ourselves off and, sh- and showing off for the gram and making people think that we really winning, but when we turn the camera off, we got we, we're hemorrhaging from from open sores and wounds. We're bleeding to death from pain. We're bleeding to death from trauma. We're we are we're we are beating ourselves up mentally, spiritually, socially. Our children are losing, our finances are broken. We got fractured families, we got fractured finances, we got fractured everything. We got fear and we got faith and both of those are 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 literally settled in the soil of a single soul and we fight with this every day because we're not healed but we put on for people to make make us think that yo you really winning but behind that behind that facade of a smile is someone screaming out for pain they're screaming from pain and screaming out for help and that was me you all are literally with will and, and and being in this group and Man, being in this community has really taught me how to actually heal, be whole, and then don't just be great at getting up, but be a master at reaching back and serving that person that you used to be.
0: I love that. (laughs) I get so excited when people start talking talk about when you heal, when you show up as the healed version of yourself, because I've definitely been there in that broken place where it's like, I don't know how I'm gonna get back up. I don't I don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. I can I'm just yeah. holding it together right now. Yeah. To when you finally get to that place and you can look back and say, oh, wait a minute. Wait, yeah, wait a minute. Something's yeah. happened. So I get so excited to talk about healing and encourage people to do that. And it's not yeah. easy. It's
1: important. Yeah. yeah. It's not easy, but it's important, Ginger. Yeah. Because your pro your problems, listen to me. Your problems are literally a platform for God to pour power into your purpose. I'm going to say that again. Your problems are the platform for God to pour power into your purpose. I used to run from my problems. I used to fake the funk. We used to say back in the day, we, you, you faking the funk on a nasty dunk. That used to be me. I used to fake like nothing hurt. I used to fake like, I'm good, oh, I'm good, I'm good. But in all actuality, I'm scared, I'm scared. I'm hurt, I'm hurt. I'm broke. I'm scathed. Life is beating me down. I have I, I have a, a, a kaleidoscope of emotion and I don't know where I'm at. I feel lost every day. I feel like, God, do you even know that I exist? I feel like, yo, Um. am I even significant? If I die, man, you know how bad it was when I had, I had my wife one time. I I literally said, if I died, I don't even think that you would, you would even notice. That's how broke. And this was the woman that I caught beforehand. And I blame God. Ginger, I promise you, I went to God like, yo, I hate you. I literally said this when that happened. And the pivotal, the the most pivotal moment for me to get out, that got me out of that situation. And I have this in my book that's coming out. And I'll share this with you now. And this is how important it is to heal and stop playing. You will never get rid of your demons if you keep entertaining them. You will never get rid of your demons if you keep entertaining them. You, they, they, they The devil is the prince of the power of the air, but we have dominion on this planet. God gave you dominion to run. You, they, they can't play in your life if you te- If you tell them to leave. They have to go. You have dominion over them. You have dominion over the devil. He has the ability, but you have the power to shut down his ability through God. And the day that this happened to me, I sat in my living room. I had a I had a 40 cal. Uh, re, it wasn't a revolver. My boy gave me this gun because somebody was trying to break in my house. It was stuck up under. I had it in my house, and I had it uh, on up under the, the the service chair in my living room. And Ginger, when I tell you I used to play with with with, with uh, adolescent spirits, and they look like my kids, I would run home from work because depression literally kept me company. I would come home, they kids was moved out, wife was moved out, and I'm in this big old four-bedroom house by myself. I would have uh, the shutters closed. It'd be bright as day outside, it's dark as night in my house. And I would sit in the living room and I would hear footsteps running through my house to sound like my kids. It was so bad. I was in such a dark uh, shadow realm is what I call it. And this one particular day it was a Saturday afternoon. It was March 5th. I will never forget this. I was sitting in my living room. Again, this is why it's important to get healed and get help if you need it. I sat in the living room and I was like, today is the day I'm done. I lost the picture because I I don't use Google anymore or the the Samsung. But I took this picture. If I can find it, I'll show it to you. This is the last picture that I took that I was going to send to my mother, and actually wrote a note to have my best friend Troy send this picture to my mom because this is the last one that she would got she would have had of me before I took my I blew my head off. I sat in that living room with that gun, and I don't even like talking about it. But this is a part of my story. And when I sat there. I was about to stick this gun in my mouth and I'm crying profusely. And I looked to the left and it looked like there was two people sitting on my sofa. Now, again, it's dark in my house. This was, you could like, it was prominent. I could tell there was like, this wasn't no regular shadow. Like this wasn't no, and I just stopped and I looked and I heard this voice say very clearly, I didn't do this to you. I specifically told you that this woman was not for you, but you chose on your own. I didn't do this. This was your doing. I'm here for you and I will help you, but I need you to surrender to me now. The Right after that happened, I hear this. This brother, Dr. Cobb, was in my church, was a good friend of mine. He was a medical physician. He came in that house, and I stuck the gun up under the the seat, opened the door, and he was like, bro, you good? I'm like, yo, yeah, what's up? It was literally like the ram running up the side of the mountain when Abraham was about to sacrifice. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm good, what's up? He was like, dude, I'm sitting at the house. We was getting ready to go to Columbus for whatever reason, I just felt this unction and I felt like God was saying, you need to go get Kevin now. He showed up at my house just like that. And when he said that, I I was already crying, but tears was boom. He oh, he pushed back. He was like, bro, get some light in this joke. What's going on? And when he saw me, he was like, dude, either A, you, get, you, you do what I tell you now, or I am going to admit you for full clinical depression and put you in the hospital. That would have messed up my driver's license because I got a CDL. That would have, I would have, it would have made everything worse. So he said, you got a choice now. And from that moment on, I started seeking help the right way.
0: I get emotional when I hear stories like <laughs> that, because it's like, God would really come and get you. And we believe yeah. this lie that we're all alone and all these lies, and when that moment happens, where God is like, "You're not alone. I'm. Yeah, I see not, you. I'm here for you." And the way that, oh, it's and it's it's so deep because not only did God show you that, but also for yeah. that man to be obedient because you never yeah. know who's on the other end of your obedience. So yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, and I I'll like- never forget
1: that. I'll never forget that day ever in my life. That was a pivotal moment, man, and. You know, a lot of people may not believe, Ginger. We got, you know, there's a lot of people. And, I, you know, hats off to you if you don't believe in God. And let me tell you why I commit. I, like, hats off to you, for real. Because it takes so much. Like, you got a level of faith to not believe? Man, that is, I get, like, I want that. Because faith ain't just a mustard seed. Like, yeah, it's a mustard seed, but it grows into something. There mm-hmm. are levels to this thing called faith. And the fact that you got enough faith not to believe that God exists? Yo, that's off to you. I wish I had that much faith. But for those of us that do believe, yeah, he got your back. He's looking yeah. out for you, but you just got to get out of the way and stop thinking that you can do things yourself. And oftentimes, Ginger, we like to say, oh, the devil, man, the devil, nothing. That joke of whack. We, You read this scripture, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living. Oh, okay, so you understand. We, man, I've been raising this church. I've often thought, I've always been under this impression that the gates of hell mean the, the people that are, that believe in God, we always under attack and we gotta, we gotta play defensive and we gotta be like this and we gotta whoop. That's not what that means. That's not what that means. That means that, you know, a gate is literally to keep people in and keep people out. Yeah. So if there's a gate and got, and Jesus literally said I'm on this rock right here, I'm planting my church. He planted his church right at the doorstep of hell. And he literally said the gates of hell will not prevail, meaning they can't stop us from busting through that gate and releasing the people that are held captive By everything that they throw at them, by every scheme that they throw at them, by every demon, every spirit, every power, any and everything that tries to keep you down, keep you bound, make you want to take your life, make you want to give up, make you want to walk away from God, make you want to hate life, make you want to hate yourself, make you not want to chase your dream, make you not want to chase what God has called you and anointed you to do. He said, I am going to plant my church right here and the gates of hell is not going to prevail against him, meaning he can't stop us. It's too much power. So he lost on every level. God is real and he will show up in your life and show out as long as you release him to do that. Let him be God in your life and stop letting your ego run things. That's how I got in trouble. And that's why I'm here now, because I let go. I literally had to let go.
0: Yeah. So... (laughs) Now I know why this episode was the devil was trying so hard not to have that happen. Cause yeah. um, So I'll just let you know, I started off this season last week and I really just felt like it was time for me to share my testimony. Cause the word says we overcome yeah. by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Yes. So I was like, you know, I have to really share my testimony and that's something I need to practice. And so I did it. It was, a, mm. it was the, the most organized, most beautiful story but I did it and yeah. yeah so now when this episode comes out I just feel like this season of get up 10 is going to be like grenades to the enemy because the speakers that we have lined up including yourself I'm like somebody's getting set free somebody's getting Let's free go. like Let's I love go. it <laughs> I'm yeah. so yeah, listen
1: there, we, we we say this all the time ginger there's an awakening happening there's an awakening happening there's a spiritual there's a psychological there's a financial there's awakening happening for so many people uh you 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 cannot lose if you seek you're gonna find if you knock it's gonna be open it's not it's not withheld from you it, it's, it's not it's not listen it's not withheld from you the the testimony that you have God brought you through whatever that God brought you through that it doesn't it, it don't matter what it looked like to somebody else. It don't matter what it looked like to you. Oftentimes I, I hate, I, I don't watch anything that I put out. If I, if I make a video or I speak somewhere, I'll get it, ed- I'll edit it or I'll get it edited. I don't watch. I won't even go back and watch it. Why? Cause I hate the way that I sound. I hate my voice. And I had a friend of me, a friend of mine tell me, bro, your 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 message, it ain't for you anyway. Yeah, Your life ain't for you. What you thought you was living your life for you. Your life ain't for you. Your life is to to be lived, your victories are to be won, and your testimony is to release another captive that that is struggling, locked in this prison, locked in this dark room, locked in this cave, locked in this valley, locked in this whatever. You hold the key to release the captive. You hold the key to set the captive free. It might not sound right to you. You might feel like, oh, it wasn't the most organized, but guess what? The person that heard that was like, yo, that's exactly what I needed because I've been going through that. That's what I needed because I've been struggling with that. She just gave me another level of faith and another level of this or that. Man, there is awakening happening right now. And it's time for us to step in this river because the waters are deep and God is like, yo, I got so much for you right now. You have no idea. And I haven't even opened up the bounty, the bounty chest I got in the back. You, You ain't wait till you get to that part. Wait till you get to that that part. And that's what got me so stoked. You know what I'm saying? That's what got me fired up.
0: Yeah. You just, even listening to, I'm like, oh my gosh. Downloads, Revelation, because I can't wait. Once we get off of this, I'm like, I need to get my thoughts together because you just helped me see something even more clearly. And I'm so excited. Yeah. But I also, with this energy, want to go to my next the next part which is where I talk about how you got back up and you've already mentioned some things mm-hmm. throughout the course of this interview of how you shifted how you changed but I want to make sure that it's clear to somebody yeah. like what did he do what can I do to get back up I'm feeling like he was feeling I'm going yeah. through what he was going through so I know you have mentioned like you talked about breaking cycles you talked about community yeah. Uh, you yeah. obviously are a man of faith so if somebody's where you used to be, how do they get back up?
1: You, when you're, listen, I'm glad you asked me this because this is so pivotal for everybody. If you win the day, you can win your life. What does that mean? I need you to stop, sit, sit, sit down in a quiet place, sit on the edge of your bed. I don't care. But I need you to look, I need you to literally inside your head. We did this earlier. We, we, we did this test early when we said I love you and you heard you didn't audibly say it, but you said it here. OK, I need you to ask yourself. What incredibly ignorant thing. Am I doing every day that I specifically know better. That I just haven't got tired enough to stop doing that I know is holding me back from being the greatest version of myself every day. What is that incredibly stupid thing that I am doing that's keeping me from being that God queen or that God king or that or that young that young valiant warrior that God called Gideon the angel called Gideon you valiant you valiant man of, of of God like what thing is stopping me from doing that that I know good and well that I I need to change but I won't What low vibrational habit Am I doing every single day that I wake up that is causing me to waste the most valuable asset asset that I have, which is my time? What incredibly low vibrational thing am I doing that is hindering? Watch this. You are hindering God from being great in your life, because when you are being disobedient, you are literally binding his hands where he can't move in your life because you are deciding to do yourself. Why? Because God is a perfect gentleman. First of all, He's not going to push himself on you. If you decide that, yo, I'm going to do what I want to do. Your ego is literally edging God out. When you do what you want, he be like, yo, run, you got it. I'm out. I right, listen, I'm going to sit back here. And when you get done spilling the milk and tearing up stuff, then my grace is sufficient. But in for the meantime, ask yourself these things. And if anything that you're doing in your personal life does not line up with the commitment that you gave God, or if you did not make a commitment, maybe it's time for you to reevaluate, reevaluate what you're doing and get your actions to line up with your vision. Don't let the vision drive the action or don't let the actions drive the vision. Let the vision drive your actions. Let your vision of the life that you want to live dictate, constitute, and drive the actions that you do every day. If those things ain't lining up, then you have what, what you have an imbalance. And as a human, you must have homeostasis. Your body is constantly fighting for balance. And when there is imbalance and you run this level of imbalance every day, your imbalance now becomes the new balance. And you keep running this broken plate every day of your life because you're not in balance. And God is sitting here like, yo, if you just stop doing this, let let us level this playing field out and just follow the play that I gave you, everything will change like that. And that's what happened for me. So actionable steps, this is what you can do. Look at the first 15 minutes of your day. When you wake up, what do you do? If you notice that your body autonomously, autonomously picks up the phone, as soon as you get the cold out your eye, Mm -hmm. and you start scrolling like this, oh, face, oh, look at this, Will got this, oh, look at this, oh, look at that, oh, look at that, let me go to Twitter, oh, let me go to IG, oh, let me see TikTok. While you're making your way to the bathroom, now you in the bathroom, you don't carry this phone in your personal space. You ain't talked to you one time. You ain't said, big Jesus, thank you for putting air in my lungs, thank you for letting me wake up. You ain't said none of that. You haven't even said, Ginger, I love you today, girl. We about to kill it today thank you for being you thank you for surviving thank you for having the strength and the courage and the tenacity and the resilience and the willingness to want to fight another day thank you for working hard for our baby thank you for wanting to have our child's floor be our ceiling when we leave here thank you for leaving you haven't even said that you just go straight doing this you are now living your life on a program that is dictated by people in apps and on social media that could care less about you. And if you died, they wouldn't even notice actionable step within the first 15 minutes of your day, tell yourself how your day is going to go. We're going to win at this. I want to act this way. I want to respond this way. I want to feel this way. And I'm not going to let anything stop me. I'm going to be the first millionaire in my family. I'm going to create legacy for my child. I'm going to do something to impact somebody's life today today more than myself and when your day throughout the day find out where you fall start taking inventory of yourself stop letting everybody else dictate how you live your life stop letting social media dictate this is what you're supposed to do to achieve success stop that you have control and if you see that maybe you know at two two o'clock this afternoon somebody in cut me off in traffic and i fired up that was called a fail take notes review your day the most the most the, the most financially successful companies in the world they have agendas they have companies that they have departments in their company that actually run audits to find out where they're losing money where they're losing time yo if 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 billionaires and and, and super billionaires are doing this to manage their money and they finances and keep winning why are you not doing it cuz your life is a business as well So start taking inventory of self, find out where you won. Great. I won here, but I got this anger issue in traffic, or I snapped off at this lady at the store, or I kind of snapped off at my child. Find out what that thing is. Start digging in it. That's called shadow work. When you do that shadow work and you find out where you lost it. If you address that and say, Hey, Ginger today, we fixing that tomorrow is not going to be like, And if you attack that and you fix that, you will have more wins in your life on a daily basis that things will start to change. And now your personality has changed because your personal reality has changed because you're now addressing the things that are causing you to fail. That's how I got where I'm at. That's how I teach my clients. This is what we do. And at the end of the week, last one at the end of the week, have a conversation with yourself. Get you some hot Java. I don't care. I don't know. You drink water, coffee, whatever. Just cut out one hour. Don't say I ain't got it because you got it. We all get 24 hours of the day. We all think that the day starts at 6 a.m., but at 12:01 a.m., your day has started. Rich people wake up at 3 to 4 a.m. Why? Because that's literally called the God time. The pineal gland in your brain starts to release the, the, the highest levels of melanin in your body between 1:30. To four o'clock in the morning, that is the God. That is the God zone. If you get to the, if you wake up at that time, and you want to create. You will write the best poem. You will you will write the best chapters of your book. You will write the best verse of your song. You will probably recreate the 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 hottest social media video on your on your platform because that is the that is the God mode. Rich people wake up like that on purpose. They make decisions like that on purpose. So have a moment where you can at the end of your week on Saturday. Sunday is the first day. Saturday is the last day. Take inventory of the prior week. Find out where you lost. Tell yourself what you did good. When God created, the Bible says, he looked and said, this is good. He patted himself on the back. You have the right to pat yourself on the back when you do good. And you also have the right to pat yourself on the back when you fail. Why? Because failure teaches you what you did wrong. You might have something in your programming that's off. You might got something in your system that's off. And when you can recognize, hey, that part right there might not be, let's let's adjust that. And when you adjust that, psh, let's go. Winning. We yeah. winning now. You feel yeah. me? I love all <laughs> we that.
0: Uh, one thing that God has showed me last week is that it's one thing to be able to sit there and identify where you're coming short or that habit yes. or whatever that's keeping you back. A lot of people can sit there and say, yeah, I got a problem with it xyz yeah i need to stop doing this but they don't actually take the next step and something that yeah. god has shown me or reminded me of recently is that it's not enough to just verbalize it it's not enough to be aware of it you really do have to replace it with something yeah. productive with whatever it is that you want to see so you have to i want to say and, and that that's, and that's
1: clutch that's close ginger that you said that because the idle mind is the playground for the devil yeah Period. You you had so you so if you've got a bad habit that you that you got over, uh it, it doesn't take 21 days. That's a lie. Okay, that it's it's cute, it sounds good, but scientifically and biologically speaking, it literally takes 90 to 180 days for you to incorporate a new habit in your life. So if you've done that and you got rid of an old habit, that's dope. Hats off to you. I'm proud of you. Don't just sit there and like, yo, what can I do next? Because you'll you will soon start to find something else that may not align with the calling that God has given you. And now you've fallen into something else. Feel that with something positive. Feel that with something more energetic. Feel that with something that's going to push you towards your goal or toward you making instead you want to make a hundred that you want to make a hundred thousand this year. Great. Do something line to that. You want to make 250, 500 a meal, do something, incorporate something that will align you to that. Don't just lay idle because that's where you will lose.
0: Exactly. Thank you yeah. for adding that. The last serious question, because I do have some fun questions. <laughs> the last serious question that I like to ask is, and you already touched on this, but again, mm. I like to make it clear to my audience. So what does it look like to you to live life with no filter and just authentically be
1: you? Ooh, you're going to catch this. How? And I know I'm not supposed to ask, you, uh, ask a, a young lady how old she is, but I will I will I will guesstimate that you close. I got I got kids in, in the 30s, so I will guesstimate that you in between my kids' age. When you get here, when you get, you start getting to that spot where you don't really I'm gonna give you the business, you'll get to that level, right? When you can live life not being not being directed or dictated by by the world, and you know that you were living. You're you're living your life according to what God has told you, what God has called you to do, how you feel. And you don't have to alter your speech. You don't have to alter your vision. You don't have to alter who you are to please other people. That is true freedom. That is absolute true freedom. I know millionaires who are taking their life because they got all this money, but they still a prisoner. They still trapped. They ain't free. I know people that don't have money that's happier than folks that got money. Why? Because they are living they are living in their filth and funk, and they love it. Hmm. They absolutely love it. I drive for a living, and I pass – sometimes I pass people, and they out there with their kids in front of their house. They got 50,000 cars. They got garbage everywhere. They, they don't – they out there having a good old time barbecuing, people coming through, like these rural countries places that I go through and I'm like, yo, how in the devil can you live in in this? And that question that you, because they're living in, they're living authentically themselves. Mm. This is why I have a podcast called the authentically real podcast, because we talk about being authentically you. And that is absolute true freedom. When you can live your life. And I don't, I don't really like to say on your truth, because sometimes ginger, your truth could be it could, could be fluffed with a bunch of lies and fillers. Yeah. And you say something to yourself so many times, it could be a a, a bold lie, but you done said it so much, you start to believe it. But that's mm-hmm. your truth. Your truth is lying to you. Your truth is lying to you. Your truth is lying to you, especially when you're not living where you're supposed to be living, especially when you're seeing other people and you this is a this is a good one. When you get off of social media and you don't watch somebody. And you know that they doing what you want to do. And you sitting out here feeling the funk, you sitting out here, got all these facades and act like you really, you winning and you But at the end of the day, when it's done, you sit back here and you like, I know I'm lying. I know I'm lying. That's when you know your truth is not, your, your truth is full of lies. That's not true. Stop living your truth, cause your truth is bad. When you can when you can wake up in the morning knowing that I gave 120% like Inky say you empty the bucket every day and you don't have to feel no shame about what you did, you are finally free.
0: Love that. And yeah. I needed to hear that as well, because I I have no problem sharing my age. I'm 26, I'll be 27 this year. And that's stuff that I'm currently working through because I know that yeah. there's a call on my life and there's a woman that God has you know, destined for me to be in and I need to show up as her. So I'm like, all right, God, Mm -hmm. help me take off this junk. Help me take off these layers. And that's something I'm working through in this season is worrying less about what other people got to say, what other people might think and focusing on what he's told me and the vision he's gave me. So thank you. That's
1: the worst. Yeah. You're 100%. You're welcome. That's the worst prison to ever put yourself in. Yeah. Is when you lock yourself into this cell, that is the bars of the cell is the the visual is is other people's vision for your life is other people's idea of what you should be doing for you is other people's idea of who you should be in public that is the absolute worst prison that is the worst thing that you can do to yourself you can't please everybody all the time now i'm not talking about don't get you a a mentor type stuff but yeah worrying so much about what somebody else think about you oh man you you gonna be miserable, all the days of your life if you if you let other people dictate what what you should be doing with you, and they can't even dictate what they should be doing with themselves. So yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah, this was a dope conversation.
0: I know. I'm like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. There was so many amazing things said, and we're gonna finish off on a lighter note because mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I mean, what more? is, You already said so much. Yeah, I think yeah. if somebody's listening and they don't, they're not taking notes, or they didn't need to go back and listen to something again. I don't know. Maybe they weren't listening to this
1: because
0: you just dropped so you many. Give me to
1: talking, and I get the running off. Man, I'm gonna run us into an hour I'm just running my mouth. So
0: <laughs> no, you're good. We won't be much longer. So I like to wrap up with some fun questions. Absolutely. So, I mean, you said you grew up as a military brat so i'm sure you've traveled but is there anywhere that you'd like to go right now if you could
1: Dubai i would love to go to dubai yes. that is on my bucket list that is that is everybody talking about the burj khalifa and yeah. dubai is, i want to go to dubai that is on my list that's on my bucket list um that's that's the one spot i've been all over europe i've been to germany france italy uh england iceland uh Czechoslovakia before it became Ukraine. Um I've I've I have been all I've trampled all over uh the eastern block of Europe and I would love to go to Dubai. That's me my too. spot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's only yeah. showing
0: up on my TikTok too. And I'm like right, let me save that for when the day comes. Yeah, for sure.
1: For yes sure. I feel you on that.
0: Yep. And then yep. is there either a song that is you're listening to on repeat for this season or just a song that in general keeps you going that you'd like to share
1: um matter of fact there is and this gentleman um i have it in my browser but i got him off of uh i got i got him uh off of off of IG right And I believe this song is called "Don't Get Me to (laughs) Lion." Don't get me to lion. Hold on, I got you. I got you. Um, What this What this young boy's name is? Okay, Evan Ford. Thanks in advance. I don't know if you've heard that before, but this guy. This song is such is it's it I don't know what it does to me, but it, it it hits me in my feels. And I have been listening to this song, I think I picked it off of IG maybe five months ago. And I have been rocking this song, Thanks in Advance. Again, his name is Evan, Evan Ford. And it's just a two, it's a two minute, it's a two minute gospel song. And he wrote it himself. And man, th- this thing, it gets in my feels. That's my that's my that's my jam for for twenty three. That's my jam <laughs> because that. reason why because I'm planting seeds now for twenty four. Yeah, and that's a thanks in advance. We about yeah. to reap a mega harvest in twenty four. So that's yeah. it, Evan Ford. Thanks in I advance. I love that. And
0: yeah. I've been heavy on gratitude in this season as well because yeah. it's like it is definitely seeds planted. So yeah, can't wait to check for that sure. out. Yeah, and then lastly. I always like to ask my guests if they would like to share either a book that you recently oh, read or yes. a book that the game changer. Oh, okay. I,
1: yeah, I got you. Hold on. Hold on. That's a great question Um, because I got my bookshelf right here. Let me go and give it to you. Let me go and give it to you right here. Hold on. Oh. (laughs) Eddie Jakes, Disruptive Thinking. This book right here is super, super fire. Super, super fire. Please read this. If you have not picked this up, you can get this at Barnes & Noble. I don't get nothing for it, but whatever. I'm glad you asked. Disruptive Thinking is it. I literally just finished this book. Uh, I'm on my next uh, book uh, by, uh, I don't know if you've read Ryan Holiday, The Daily Stoic. But oh. this is my this is my last one. I'm gonna give you this one. The Daily Stoic. Go check that out. I'm into this one right now. Those of you that have, those of you that have um, where is it? Here we go. I got that for my wife and I read that. Radical thinking. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Bill You Yeah. Them 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 books right there. Those are those are my those are my go-tos. <laughs> that those books are fire. So pick them up. By all means, pick them up, please.
0: I love that. And I'm definitely gonna put yeah. all those in the show notes so they don't gotta be like, What was that book like again? I'm yeah, going yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But that's yeah. all I got. Um, do you have hey, any man, this a blessing? Anywhere? or yeah. anything
1: last Man, yeah la- la- yeah lastly before i jump off of here thank you so much uh ginger first of all for let me for let me come through uh on your platform it, it has been a blessing talking to you um I, i'm i'm looking forward to this this the other uh guests that you have coming on i know this is going to be a phenomenal platform uh and a very impactful podcast for those that listen Um, uh, what i have for you uh lastly is please give yourself grace please give yourself grace. Uh, even Jesus had problems with his disciples. Even he had people that the Bible says there was, there was disciples that had left him. Now he, we only know the 12, but there was over there. There was estimated to be over 500 disciples that followed him because at one time he even asked his own inner circle of 12, are y'all going to leave me too? Sometimes people leave you because God has required them to leave. Everybody can't go to the penthouse with you. That's why elevators have floor selections. Some people get off at the first floor, third floor, 10th floor, 13th. They can't go to the top with you. There are certain things in your life that you have to do on your own, and you're not going to get everything right. Even Jesus struggled in the Garden of Gethsemane with finishing his own mission and asked God, is you really sure that we got to do this? Like, I don't really think we got to go this way. Like, I'm, I'm struggling right now. but." Not my will, let thine be done. He got out the way. Give yourself grace. You're not going to get everything right. And if he had problems in his camp, you're going to have problems in your camp. Stop trying to resurrect dead relationships. Let them go. Love on yourself. Have grace for you. Tell you every morning that I love you. Give yourself the first heart, the double tap of the day. When the day when when you win your day, you win your life. Keep pushing forward, believing you, always bet on you and be graceful to self, other people, and God. Enter his course with praise and Thanksgiving, and take every step forward. Do not look back.
0: That's it, Mike drop. <laughs> thank you so much, Kevin the Thank you, thank you, Thank You're you
1: welcome. You're very welcome. I appreciate you.